So the only way to win in a, in a struggle, in a battle against evil, against something unholy, against an opponent, is by being light on your feet, which comes from being light in your heart. But if you get heavy in your heart, then you get heavy in your feet, and you can't move fast enough to win any contest. So heaviness of heart is, is a sure um, cause of defeat, and you lose your battle with your Yetzirah, or any battle for that matter. That's the next step. How do you get your heart to be light and free of concern and sadness and heaviness? For that, you have to use your head. But, but what makes the difference in your victory is what happens with your heart, because your heart has to do the battle. The head can help the heart, but the head can't win the battle. The head is like the general. Generals don't win wars. They send their soldiers to win the war. So the soldier has to win the war, but a soldier needs a good general. Well, you're suggesting that uh, mind over matter right, would mean that the head can make the feet dance and skip the heart. I'm saying that you can't skip the heart. you got to go through the heart. Huh? So mind over matter, but with a process. Can't skip steps. you got to follow the process. The process is that the mind influences the heart, and the heart influences the feet. That's true, too. You can get to the heart either from the top or from the bottom. <laughs> so you can get your heart to be in a better mood simply by dancing. Just start dancing. You'll feel better. But it isn't going to last. It's quick. It's a quick fix, but it doesn't last. If you want your heart to be in a permanently good mood, then you have to go from the head. Because the head has a deep effect on the heart. The feet have a superficial effect on the heart. And that's why you have people say, oh, I'm so embarrassed. And they're not. No. Or they don't, they, they claim to be, but then they don't act like they are. Other person says, oh, I feel so guilty. And then doesn't do anything about it, just changes the subject. If you really felt guilty, it would bother you for weeks, for months. Here the person says, oh, I feel so guilty. And that's it, end of subject. So what's going on? Is he lying? It's not that he's lying. He feels guilty in his head. So he's got a mental con conscience, but not a heart conscience. So his mind is saying, oh, this is wrong, this is terrible. But his heart really doesn't care. So you, when we talk about real guilt, you're talking about guilt that is felt in the heart. When guilt is felt in the head, then it's uh, it's a realization, it's an observation, it's an awareness. I'm wrong, I'm guilty, but what the heck, let's talk about something else. Like anything else.
I know I should be nice to you. I really do. But what the heck? <laughs> I don't want to be. So the head is in the right place, but it's not getting down to the heart. But it has to start in the head. When the head says, this is wrong, and feels a mental guilt, then if that continues to develop, it turns into an emotional guilt. And then it's a real guilt. If it doesn't develop any further, then it just stays in the head, and it's uh, kind of wasted. But it's got to start in the mind. If the heart is feeling guilty, and the mind doesn't agree, like in your mind, you know that you didn't do anything wrong. But in your heart, you feel guilty. That's an unhealthy guilt. Yes, punishing yourself, or you got a habit of feeling bad about I don't it's it's just not good. And so one of the things that Hasidus introduced is that you can't talk directly to the heart. You must talk to the mind and let the mind talk to the heart. So for example, when when preachers used to come to the shtetl and gather everybody into the shul and lay a real guilt trip on them so that they would do tshuva and become better Jews. How did, they, how did they do that? What was their method? They would get up and they would say things like, don't you want to go to heaven after you die? Do you want to burn in hell forever? Do you want to die before your time and leave your children young orphans? Well, get your act together. And it, people walked out of there crying, hysterical. But he wasn't talking to the head. He didn't say anything. He didn't tell them anything they didn't know before. He didn't enlighten them on any subject. They didn't come out any smarter than they were before. He stimulated guilt directly in the heart. So two things. First of all, that's very depressing. Not inspiring at all, really. Secondly, it doesn't last. They walked out of their hysterical crying, swearing to be good. Two days later, it was back to normal because nothing's changed. On the other hand, when, when Hasidus came along and said, do you know what a Jew is? Do you know that you have a godly soul? Do you know that this godly soul is a piece of God? Do you know that this godly soul thrives on godliness? and is annoyed by everything else, maybe that's why you're not happy. Maybe that's why you're suffering. Because you need to take good care of this godly soul. It's very delicate. It's very precious. It's very... So do a mitzvah. That'll make the soul healthier, happier. Now people walked away, and for months they were saying, is this good for my soul? So it wasn't depressing. And on the other hand, it lasted forever because they now knew something they didn't know before. There was now an interest, a concern, an awareness of a part of themselves that they hadn't dealt with before. So for the rest of their lives, when they were about to do something wrong, they would say, this is probably not good for my neshama. They had something to work with. Whereas when you go directly to the heart, there's nothing there but intimidation or... or, or I mean, how do you talk to a heart? 
by saying things that are frightening, that are overwhelming, weird, like going to a horror movie. Your mind knows it isn't true, but your heart is getting all excited. But that's so artificial. It's so... So when these people would come along and threaten all sorts of dire consequences to sin and warn them that if they don't shape up, they're going to suffer, it's like going to a horror movie. I was talking recently to a guy who had never learned any Hasidus. But he's very religious, very observant, very orthodox. And, so and he hears that Lubavitchers are running around excited about Mashiach. That Mashiach is coming. He says, he says, what are you so excited about? You're happy that Mashiach is coming? What are you, crazy? Do you know what's going to happen when Mashiach comes? Do you know how you're going to suffer when Mashiach comes? When Mashiach comes, we're going to be punished for all our sins. And he read someplace where it says that if your ear ever listened to slander, it will fall off as punishment. And if your mouth ever spoke slander, it will lose its power of speech. And if your hand ever touched something, it wasn't, it'll fall off. And there's not be much left. <laughs> So who taught you this? It was Steven Spielberg. Uh, what's his name? Uh, Stephen King. Hmm. Is that his name? Yeah. This is Stephen King's version of Mashiach. So 200 years ago, the Baal Shem Tov came along and said, well, you cut that out. You stop with this horror movie business and start teaching people something they can take home. So instead of talking about how horrible sin is, teach something. Make people a little smarter than they were before you arrived in town. Otherwise, you're not, you're not useful. You're worse than not useful. You're hurting people for nothing. Uselessly. So, wherever he got that from, he, he obviously misread it or misunderstood it or something. But that, that is not what Judaism is all about. It's not what God is all about. And it's certainly not what Mashiach is all about. Mashiach is finally the good news, not more bad news. Okay, so what if you know a person... Whose, re, whose faith you admire, whose devotion you admire, whose efforts you admire, whose intentions you admire, but they're doing something wrong. Then what do you do? You respect them enough to let them continue doing it? Or do you respect them enough to say, this is wrong? Really? How about the ultra-zealous... Um, most observant of all Jews in Jerusalem throw stones at cars that drive on Shabbos. So you disagree with them, right? How could you? But they are the most religious. 
In other words, you can be the most religious and still be wrong. Okay.